Remember, kids, throw that gun in the river and always count your knuckles. This is Slow Readers. Hit the theme music. Who's that gat? Bird song blowing up microphones. Bird whistles. Yeah, if I blew it out too hard, cut that out. That's fine. No, usually these levels kind of bounce out. I think mm. it's the kind of microphones we use where, because like uh, we're kind of using like baby's first mikeys here, um, that it just kind of it, they kind of ex- like life cereal. They anticipate us being stupid, sure. which is what we are. Welcome, dear listener readers. Hello, everyone. To slow readers. What um, kind of show is this? Well, it's it's a fast paced literature podcast. Yay. Yeah. Uh, brought to you by Top Gun Radio. That's us. Uh, here we talk about books. We talk about book news. We talk about literary news. We talk about books way from the past. We talk about books in the near future. We talk about crime. We talk about hate. Punishment, I should have said. Fuck. Hate, God punishment. Damn it. Yep. Nope. Nope. Too bad. <laughs> all right. All right. Not going back. Um. So that's that's... <laughs> That's the end of the show. No, I'm kidding. Yes. Uh, Welcome to Slow Readers, everyone. Once again, as always, we are a real literature show. We promise. And if you're here only for book talk, please swipe up, check out the show (laughs) notes so we can skip straight to the book talk because we like to fuck around. Yeah, well, we do. And also Gabriel, who will introduce ourselves (laughs) in a moment. Yeah, you. Um, we uh, we're gonna we have all we've done is so far is literary shit so far. <laughs> I suppose. Uh, we I know the stuff we're gonna talk about in the beginning is gonna be very booky. Oh, yeah, it's gonna be a very book heavy episode. That's, bo- that's odd it's for a us. Book heavy episode. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah. Um, we didn't see an anime movie recently that we want to. It's like, not an anime movie. About. It's a real movie. It's a movie based on an anime. Based on a manga. Manga. Yeah. Although I did see the OVA. Sure you did. I know. Uh, if you want to hear our opinions on Alita, check out a future episode when we cover the Alita comics. Which we named the series, but we'll get to that some other time. Yes. Also, I forgot. You, okay. We're, we'll talk about that mm-hmm. later. Um, so, yeah. Uh, uh, I am your usual co-host. Hi. Daniel Gonzalez. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I am your usual co-host, Daniel Gonzalez. Yawning, which is like a hi. Hi. <laughs> I am your usual co-host, Daniel Gonzalez. Gonzalez, Gonzalez, Gonzalez. I am Gonzalez. an audio producer, an audio writer, and an author. That's true. Gabriel, who and what are you? Hello, everyone. I'm Gabe Mara. I'm a comedian sometimes. I'm a mm. writer most of the time. And I'm an audio producer all of the time. All of the time. And I'm a full-time easy lover. <laughs> easy lover. That's a Phil Collins song. Okay. Does that mean, like, slutty? Probably. Okay. She, she's an easy lover. He got a hold on you, believe it. She's the kind of girl you dream of. <laughs> okay. Leave you when you I... hold off. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, forget it. I don't know that song. I don't know. I don't no, know. Regret it. I don't know. Phil Collins song besides like the two that everyone knows. Which are those two? Uh, in the in the air tonight. Is yes. that what it's called? I, I it sounds so. like it's a weird. It's a tonight. weird title. Yeah. Uh, in the and then uh, wait, Sledgehammer was that Phil Collins? No, that's Peter Gabriel, the other oh, lead singer of Genesis. Oh, that's where I get them confused. What I the, love Sledgehammer. What are the other big Phil Collins songs? Um, let's see. There's um, uh, his really great cover of Groovy Kind of Love from this weird movie about a murderer he starred in. Mm. Um, there's Susu's Studio. Um, uh, World of Confusion. Uh, Invisible Touch. Um, a lot of Phil Collins songs. All right. So uh, here's a bigger Welcome question. Welcome to the Phil Collins cast. Was Phil Collins a one-hit wonder? <laughs> no. He was a little one-hit wonder. He was a big deal, dude. He's now kind of remembered as just being known for that one song. He's known primarily for that one song. He's just, you know, if you like 80s music, you know Phil Collins really well. He's often just a punchline because he's, he's kind of, like, lame. Yeah. Well, to be honest, I wouldn't call him as lame as Genesis. 
I suppose. Genesis is like, is like I don't know. Anyway. So, Gabriel, how dare that's you talk all. about something that's not books? We have a lot what? of book talk to talk that's about. That's actually true. Uh, okay. So, we have some things to talk about before we get into actual proper book talk. Again, okay. if, if you want to jump to book talk, as Gabriel said at the top, mm-hmm. uh, there's time codes below. You can find a little thing that says book talk, and that's when we actually talk about the book mm-hmm. we're going to talk about. Now, uh, there's a couple of things we want to talk about. First off, new logo. Oh yeah, that's a thing. Um, Gabriel, uh, we've you've mentioned before, definitely last episode, I think the last two, that we're kind of create uh, stickers, yay, and like various other things. Mm-hmm. And I was having a lot of fun finding the most, uh, I want to say, ugly, mm-hmm. garish, the most garish, tacky, free, <laughs> tacky, uh, free, um, like like computer generated illustration designs, whatever, like mm-hmm. like things of like unicorns and such, like these like real high fantasy style things yeah. and just and just slapping slow readers on it mm-hmm. um i was having a lot of fun with that and then i and then weirdly enough in like a collection of like like images that look like that i found this really cool looking one of uh red uh red riding hood and the big bad wolf yeah which like again think about the i showed you some of the things that i did imagine backgrounds like those and all of a sudden i came across that one and yeah, i'm like oddly hauntingly beautiful like drawing it, yeah this really kind of cool looking like and the rest of them were like wolves and sharks <laughs> cg it's like CGI like wolves howling next to like a bare chested men. I love it. Um, but uh, yeah, and then I, I whipped up the the logo very quickly and such. And and and, and now uh, we have a new logo, guys. So if logo. that will make um, you love us, then I don't know what will. We don't know what we gotta do. Well, we have to make you to love us, listener readers. All right, mm-hmm. we try so hard. Yeah, I give everything to you. Yeah, I know. I'm sober right now. That's a bummer. <laughs> Gabriel is sober. How dare you guys? How, how could you push do him? this to me? Into this dark hole. How could you put me in this position? I am your mother. You are? Uh, maybe. Their mother? Okay. Yeah, it could be. Um, right. if, uh, if, if, who is the mother in Earthbound? Isn't it just mother? It's Yeah, but then who is the mother? There I has mean, to be a mother. Isn't it just mother? Oh, actually, no, never mind. In the very first mother, there is, in fact, a mother. And you oh, defeat, it... you defeat um, Gygus by singing the mother's song, I guess. Yeah. And Earthbound uh... proper. That game's about abortion. Isn't a uh, yeah is well isn't the um now that we're gonna talk about Earthbound yeah isn't the uh, in the original mother isn't te- technically I know like mother is also kind of like can be referred to several people but isn't technically the titular mother Gygas's mother yes okay that's what I just said yeah no but I mean like the whole thing that's what it is yeah I suppose okay. she doesn't come up again in Earthbound and I've never mm. played uh, Mother Three Mother Three. Uh, you can easily get one if you have an emulator. I think I have, you can... Not that I not that I legally legally downloaded a game to play it. Mm-hmm. I might have one theoretically speaking. Well, first off, you can tell Nintendo right now to go fuck themselves. That fuck if, if you, they, Nintendo of America. If they wanted you to legally play Mother Three, they could release an American. But port, they don't want me to. But they don't want you to do that. So you legally did that. So that's on them. They could have made forty bucks off of you, but they're just like, we're not going to do that. There's no American market. Put the Switch on sale. Um. Anyway, that said, book talk. Uh, the switch isn't gonna be on sale. Come on. Yeah. It just came out. Big Christmas. Gabriel. Uh, so enough time out. Earthbound. We have some things we want to talk about. Okay. Plus, we're not. We're not gonna go on tangents for very long. We're no? not that kind of show. I don't know about we're that. Not. So first off, we have just want to listen to the show before. We just want to. No, never. Uh, we just want to casually mention some books coming out, just because I think. Uh, I was. I went on like a little wiki hole on Amazon of all these things coming mm-hmm. out. For example. Um, actually, within like a week, before the end of the month, and we're right at the end of the month, mm-hmm. uh, the new Don Winslow novel is coming out. Who's that? Don Winslow is the great American writer of such thing as... Is that the name of um, Reginald L. Johnson's character in the spinoff of Family Matters where he becomes a mob boss? No. Damn. The, Carl. Uh, it's... Uh, 
Yeah, whatever. You threw me off there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, no, he he wrote Savages. He wrote uh, Great movie. The Winter Great of Frankie too. Machine. Great. Mm-hmm. I really like the movie. I never read the Life book. Life and Death of Bobby Z. A Life and Death of Bobby Kings Z. Kings of Cool. Um, and also recently he's uh, he's published uh, The Force, mm-hmm. which has actually been like a very big success. And yeah. uh, he's there like were Subway ads for it. Is there? Yeah, there was. Yeah, that's right. Um, and like, and apparently, like when oh, he was writing it, York. like uh, Ridley Scott like bought the movie rights already. Oh, so really? It's like that kind of thing. Yeah. All right. This sounds like it could be a good Ridley Scott movie. Um, I'd rather him not do that. What if he goes like <laughs> full American Gangster on? Uh, yeah, American Gangster was a very competent movie, and I think yeah. that's the worst thing you could say about it. Mm-hmm. It's the it's kind of like the okay, we're gonna talk about movies. <laughs> it's like the it's kind of the worst kind of qualities that Ridley Scott has because again, I don't. You might disagree with this, but like. I don't. Th- he doesn't make bad movies, at least like in his like recent years. He makes, he makes. What about the Alien movies? What about Covenant? That's a bad movie. He makes okay. Th- maybe those. That's a straight. Well, up, um, if you want to make an argument that Prometheus is not a bad movie, I'll listen to you. Yeah. If you want to argue to me that Alien Covenant is not a bad movie, I will disagree with you like wholeheartedly. That, that, no, that That's actually a bad movie. that actually is a good point. Like I like I would say like Prometheus kind of suffers from this, where it's a very competent. Arguably, like very well made movie. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. But it, it just—it's forgettable. Yeah, you know, my, um, my my anger to it has softened a lot since Covenant, because Covenant <laughs> is bad, bad. Prometheus at least is trying. Yeah. Um. So anyway, but, uh, but yeah, basically that's that. Anyway, so I was looking up that uh, Don Winslow, his uh, he actually has a trilogy going out, which is a okay. trilogy that I love. I've mm-hmm. actually so far, I'm actually reading the first book right now. I've only Wait, read the second book. Is there another book coming out? Or I thought I knew what the trilogy is. The, it the Power of the Dog. Yeah, Power the Cartel, the aka the Cartel. I'm not like the. There's yeah. no official Power thing. of the Dog. I said Year of the, the Dog. The, the, the first dog. The first dog. The first, first book uh, was uh, The Power of the Dog. Okay. And then 10 years later, he published in 2015, The Cartel. Mm-hmm. And basically, it, there's some kind of like, whatever you want to look at it, it's either the, the Cartel series or whatever. Yeah. But basically- People, if you are into Mexican drug wars, Don Winslow's your man. Yeah. It is a wonderfully, incredibly well-researched. When he mm-hmm. wrote, it took him 10 years to write The Cartel because he was doing 10 years of research. Makes sense. Um, is that he, he like, uh, he basically took- it's very much a historical fiction mm-hmm. of the cartel, like the, the cartel wars and cartel history and everything. Um, and I'm just reading the first one. And it really goes to the beginning of like the real like Mexican drug trade, like when it really blew up with like crack cocaine. It pulls, and uh, pulls a tree of life. <laughs> yeah, he pulls a tree of life. We go back to they dinosaurs. Start back the dinosaurs. There you go. And, the first uh, dinosaur who did the first hit of coke. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it just uh, like all creation just and just climaxes into a moment where a dinosaur sn- uh, hits a uh, hits cocaine. Yeah, dude. Um, no, no, but puts it on its keys. So basically, so yeah, and then he has the, apparently the final book of the th- trilogy, which apparently it wasn't a trilogy until all of a sudden it was a trilogy. Yeah, I was like, was it a trilogy? It wasn't. Um, okay, now it is. I mean, the cartel seemed like a very much like a fine closing point. Mm-hmm. So like just the idea, it's like, well, here's a third book that's even bigger than the other ones because oh they're, they're really long. Mm-hmm. Um, even with like Don Winslow's kind of like spare kind of like like Kurt kind of style of writing, it's a yeah. long fucking I really like the way Savages book. is written. Uh, I'm I'm really curious. Savages is really short too. I want to read. It's that very one. short. Yeah, um, but anyway, almost put that on the list. Uh, we should totally do that. Put that on the list. That's goes on my list. Mm. But uh, his, the new book's coming out. It's called The Border. Okay. Uh, it's it's coming out soon. Hopefully, we Down actually on the border. We'll, we'll see. Me and Gabriel, I think, might actually try to see him talk about the book. In oh March. yeah, that's right. Uh, we we uh, we need to keep an eye on that. Yeah, let's get a photo with him. Yes. Hey, there's a photo of me of Colson Whitehead that we I think we put on the Instagram, right? No, I don't think so. I don't know. Well, there's a photo of me, Colson Whitehead. There's also a photo of me at uh, Margaret Atwood talking that you refused to post. <laughs> Did I? Yes. I was like, fuck you, Gabriel. Yes. I'm not posting this. Yes. I don't remember that. Well, uh, during the episode, I'm like, and I saw Margaret Atwood talking. I'm like, nobody cares. And he moved on. <laughs> I 
And I'm like, you're an asshole. Take that, Gabriel. Yeah. All right. So, um, but anyway, moving on real quick. Just she was really we're, funny. We're going a little long. No, I'm sure Margaret Atwood did. Yeah. Margaret was probably she was hilarious great. to see live. She sounds like a joy. Um, she did a rap. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's old. She's old. Um, speaking of old people, mm-hmm. um, so there's another couple books that we want to talk about briefly Book that are news. coming out. Uh, first off, a uh, friend of the show, Stephen King. Yeah. Uh, who is a friend, whether or, not, whether or not he knows it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, he has, what do you know, he's an incredibly prolific author. Like, for example, prolific authors. I don't even need to mention that Joyce Carol Oates has yeah. like another probably novel and short mm-hmm. story collection coming you're, out you're, because you're, it's always You're better happen. off being like, she doesn't have a book coming out. It, that would be more of a surprise. Yeah, that, that would be more of a surprise. But Stephen King, friend of the show, um, he has a new novel coming out in September which is very far, but it sounds pretty cool. Okay. Uh, I'll read you the, the description of it. Okay. It is The Institute coming out on September 10th, 2019. Mm. Uh, this is the description of the plot of The Institute. Sure. In the middle of the night, in a house on a quiet street in suburban Minneapolis, intruders silently murder Luke Ellis's parents and load him into a black SUV. The operation takes less than two minutes. Luke will wake up at The Institute. Where they turn him into a synth. In a room that looks just like his own, except there's no window. And outside his door... Wait. And outside his door are other doors, uh, behind which are other kids with special talents, telekinesis and telepathy... Okay. ...who got into this place the same way Luke did. Kalisha, Nick, George, Iris, and 10-year-old Avery Dixon. It's a weirdly specific name. Sure. They are all in... You are slowly trailing off. They are all in front half. Others, Luke learns, graduated to back half. Like the Roach Motel, Kalisha says. You check in, but you don't check out. Like the Hotel California. Yeah, and I think the rest of this, it kind of goes uh, uh, sinister institution members. Director, How old is is Luke? It doesn't say. He's supposed to be a kid? Yeah, he's like a kid. Okay. Basically, well, here's the thing. Gabriel, you and me, we're, we're people who are big fans of... The Dark Tower. Yeah. Uh, his overarching kind of like dark fantasy story that somehow encompasses all of his uh, works. Sure. Um, and doesn't this, this sounds a lot like some of the things that you've seen in the Dark Tower yeah, series. Yeah, sounds like some like kids' special abilities, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, in the... Knocking <laughs> on Tommies. They also <laughs> have this in the movie. Mm, um, that movie we blocked from our memory? Yeah, do you remember that? Do you, Yeah, remember that movie you don't remember? Yeah. So uh, the, in the beginning, like, you even see, like, the, the factories where they have, like, the breakers, which is what you see in, like, book seven, for example, with, like, mm-hmm. uh, Teddy Brodigan, if that's his name, mm. something like that. But... Uh, but basically, like, yeah, like, places where uh, the the people who are on the Crimson King's side, they keep all, like, the breakers as they're trying to break, uh, break the beams of the tower. Yep. And, like, essentially, they, they're amassing all, like, the telekinetics and, like, people with, like, mental abilities. Mm-hmm. And this sounds like that, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> yeah. That's well, a motherfucker, ain't it? Yeah, okay. Yeah. No, I'm just saying that, like, I don't know. So, Gabriel, are you interested in reading The Institute? Not really. Okay, moving on. I mean, like, if, if it got... if. Like, I wasn't going to read The Outsider until you told me it was great. And then I picked up The Outsider and I was floored by it. Yeah. For the most part. For the most part. Uh, floored by from the start and everything like that. So, yeah, okay. Great. Well, I will pick it up and I'll hopefully have, be like, Gabriel, it's really fucking good. Bro, I have a lot of other things to read. And I'm like, Gabriel, stop jacking off to your dirty hentai books. We got to hey, sell the book. I don't have the books. It's all online. We got to do it. So, Gabriel. Yeah. Uh, uh, moving on from Stephen King. There's one more book I want to talk about that's kind of a big deal. That okay. Uh, probably interests us less uh, than maybe other people. But uh, old man Thomas Harris. Take a look at his life. Crawl out of the swamp Mm -hmm. and basically said, hey, I have a new book. 
Yeah. Hey, bro, who is Thomas Harris? Thomas Harris is the writer of the Hannibal series. Ooh. Including Red Dragon, oh. Sons of the Lambs, ah. um, Will Graham and His Spectacular Adventure. Yep, that's the name of the third one. Um, Hamster Huey and Gooey Kablooey. Yeah, that. Um, and uh, that one book about the choo-choo train. Yes. The fuck? In Hannibal Rising. Okay. I was trying to remember the name from the Dark Tower, the train book. Oh, um... Charlie the Choo Choo? Is it Charlie the Choo Choo? Charlie the Choo Choo? Something like that. Yeah, I think that's I don't it. Know. Do, you ever, do you ever look and see like the someone actually published like a physical copy of the book or whatever? As a Probably. Children's book? It's really lame. Yeah, I bet. I mean it's it's kind of like a it's kind of like a novelty. Yeah. Just the idea of it. It doesn't have any other purpose besides yeah, that. Yeah, that's fine. I wasn't ever gonna look at it. Sorry, lady. Sorry, dude. <laughs> anyway, Thomas Harris, uh, apparently he was forced at gunpoint. Much like Robert Howard is forced at sword point to write the Conan stories. Mm-hmm. Um, by Conan himself. By Conan himself. Which Look I it up, guys. I love so much. Yeah. God, I love that story. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, um, Thomas Harris was forced under duress to complete Hannibal Rising, a book he's hated, and he mm. didn't want to do it because he was done with that whole story. Yes. And now, apparently, he's come out of the woodwork for his first new book in how many years? Uh, well, actually, I don't have that, but it's been a long-ass time. Mm. I mean, in a way of looking at it, like, technically, he hasn't wanted to write a novel since Hannibal, which was the uh, third Hannibal novel. Sure. And, like, like he was done. He didn't want to write the prequel, as you said. Yeah, he for- got burned. Forced to by his publisher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, like, I think Hannibal came out in, like, 1999, mm-hmm. 98, maybe. Really? So, like, it's technically been about that long. It's been about 20 years. Like, he's, mm. not a- he's only written, he's only published uh, five novels. He's published... Uh, four Hannibal books. Then he published his first novel, which was uh, Bloody Sunday, Black Sunday, Black Sunday. Mm. Um, there's a movie based on it. Apparently, okay. that's uh, that's out. Don't you give me that. You would probably Yo, be who? interested in the movie, what? motherfucker. Black Sunday. So anyway, Thomas Harris has a new novel called Kari Mora. Uh, How do you spell that? C A R I Kari, mm-hmm. and then Mora M O R A. Okay. What does that mean? Is it like Shabumi? I don't know. Uh, it's a name. Uh, Carrie Mora, caretaker of the house, has escaped from the violence in her native country. Um, let me read the uh, the exciting blurb at the bottom. Monsters lurk in the crevices between male desire and female survival. Okay. No other writer in the last century has conjured those monsters with more terrifying brilliance than Thomas Harris. I almost said a curry. <laughs> uh, his sixth novel is The Long Way to Return of an American Master. Uh, $25 million in cartel gold. Ooh, lies behind, uh, hey. beneath the mansion in the Miami Beach waterfront. Daniel loves cartels. Yes. And also, I know that the cartels stay out of Miami because it's not worth it. DA's swimming all around there. I believe it. Anyway, so uh, so that's that's exciting. Like, again, like, I don't know, Gabriel, are you terribly excited about the new Thomas Harris novel? No, I'm not going to read that. It, it, I am nominally interested. Um, It's one of those things where... Uh, I think Silence of the Lambs is a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. What I saw of the Hannibal TV show, what very little I saw was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've but watched Hannibal Rising yeah. playing at the Virgin Megastore oh, in the no. background. Um, but, you know, like, I haven't read any of the books. Mm-hmm. If if you told me, well, let's let's be realistic. If you were like, Gabriel, we're doing this book for the show. I'd be like, what? All right, <laughs> I hope it's good. It's, it's... I, I've only read because, like you, I've seen a lot. And maybe of the, it'll be great. I've seen I, I've seen the adaptations. I just haven't seen Hannibal Rising because I don't want to. Yeah, no, it's so bad. Um, no, I, I'm sure it is. Uh, but like again, what's Gong I, Lee doing there? I've yeah. Well, who who's your favorite Lady Marasaki? She sure. something like that. Well, she's in the show. Uh, I, oh. We should also point out that we're also huge fans. Yeah, you, oh, you haven't seen a lot of it, but I, I I've seen. All of except the last like three episodes of sure. the show. It's something with Deadwood. I've never, I still never watched the last two episodes of that. I think I did. I don't. Yeah, it's like I don't know. It's 
it's a bummer when something ends and it's like, why am I going to finish this? Yeah. They didn't finish the if it story. Ended prematurely, it's like, why would I want to bother going on a cliffhanger? Yeah. Well, it, it, there's something, there's an extreme repellent about that. Mm-hmm. But I love the show. Yeah. Um, I, I, what I saw, great. Uh, I've only read Silence of the Lambs, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty much like the, the movie falls very closely what happens in there. But like the Silence of the Lambs has like some more interesting tidbits. Uh, but no, he's a good writer. He's solid. He's uh, genuinely disturbing too. Cool. Yeah. Um, he's very he's very respectable. But for example, for Sons of the Lambs, if you can throw up the argument that like the movie seems kind of disrespectful to like people like you know uh, people with um, uh, the trans people and whatnot. Okay. Um, and like you know you've heard some kind of arguments about like why it isn't by the filmmakers. The book makes more of a case. Okay. And uh, for like why what like why this is fair. For example, uh, the killer in that, uh, James Gum. Okay. Same right? Yeah, James Gum. No, no, okay. James Gum, like he Buffalo he's Bill? he's a man who thinks he's a trans person. Okay. But he's not. Um, he obviously has a different opinion about what being a trans person is. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like that's very important. And I think that and the novel definitely has like a more respectful thing, especially to like the detriment of uh, uh, what's his nuts, uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, okay. <laughs> what's his character's name? I don't remember. Yeah, it's right, been a right. long time. It's the guy. He's, um, the, he's in all the things. Last time I watched Silence of the Lambs was like 2012 or so, randomly in my apartment. He uh, well, he's played by uh, the Glenn Scott in the in the thing. Scott Glenn. And also in Manhunter played by my boy Dennis Farina. I like that guy. Yeah, he's a great dude. He's a funny face. Just born to be a cop. He was in... He's a real uh, cop, right? I think so. Okay. He was in Out of Sight. Out of Sight. That's right. He was in Out of Sight. Played As, the dad. Yeah, oddly enough, Jennifer Lopez's dad. Yeah. Cop. What was the mom have looked like? Mm. Much better looking. <laughs> Much better looking. Someone uh, traded up. You know, Michael Mann has this great quote about Dennis Farina mm-hmm. where he said like, so this guy can walk into any bar and pick up the hottest chick there. No problem. Like, anytime. He's just a talkative, lovable dude. Okay. This guy is, like, the ugliest, weirdest looking guy he I've ever known. Not, he looks like Burt Reynolds' ugly brother. Yeah. And, and like, his thing is, that like, I don't get it. He's that, don't be wrong, he's that kind of charismatic. Yeah. Hey, you uh, know, they say, like, it doesn't matter how you look. It's how you, it's how you handle yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is why I'm covered in the ladies. <laughs> That's why I am a single. <laughs> they love it when I use my Muppet voices and crowd they, them of my feelings. They love they love it when you go to women like this and you just go, Hi, do you like me? Please, please like me. <laughs> All right, anyway, so that's enough book talk. Can I call you mom? Uh, let's go on break. Okay. Could we even go on a little long? I thought we were going to talk about the power, but that's fine. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. No, let's talk about the power. No, good point. All right. Um, what is the power? There's not much to talk about it, actually. I think we could have gone on a tangent on it. Um, but the power is a book came on by Naomi Alderman, a British author. came out, I think, last year. Yeah. And um, great, great premise. It is that um, apparently one day all the women in the world, in our modern world, wake up with the ability to shoot electricity when they are touched. So it completely changes the world order because now women, you can't touch a woman anymore because she'll fucking zap you. Uh-huh. And this is being made into a TV show coming out. Um, some friends at the show recommended this book to me, and I'm very excited to pick it up at some point. Did, did Stephen King recommend it to you? Stephen King personally sat me down. He cracked open a frosty brew, uh-huh. put his um, arm on my shoulder, locked eyes with me, and said, The Power. Then he died. Oh, Stephen King's dead? Yeah. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're hearing it first, everybody. Stephen King is dead. Yeah, just like Paul. Okay. Oh, I get it. It's a Beatles reference. Billy Shears. But okay, cool. The, the, there probably isn't any like real de- uh, development news. No, it was just announced yet, right? for the most okay. part. But you know that was is a the book novel out yet? Novel's been out. It came out last year. Okay. Um, it's been out. I'm sure you've seen the cover. It's like an orange cover of like a black handprint of like kind of like bolts coming out of it. Just as the power, <laughs> Naomi Alderman. Who? What did Naomi Alderman write? 
Oh, I think that might have been her debut novel. Let me double oh, check yeah? that. Um, Scooby Dooby. Game. 2016 is when it came out. Okay. Oh no. I believe our old friends uh, at um, uh, um, Only Lovers Left in the Library are the ones who recommended it to me. Um, let's see. Oh, she actually no. I'm sorry. She wrote books a long time ago. Oh. Um, the movie Disobedience. She wrote that one. Um, uh, directed by the guy who um won Best Foreign Film for a, a, perfect. Oh, isn't that about chicks? The the cover of the movie is chicks making out or whatever. Yeah, it's it's Rachel McAdams and Rachel Weisz. Yeah, that's them. But, um, oh, really? Them? Oh, cool. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, the movie was made by uh, Sebastian Lalo, who also did a uh, Fantastic Woman, which was a pretty good movie. Fantastic Woman. Who did that? Who was that? Sebastian Lalo. Who's the Who's the No? Who's the Fantastic Woman in that? It is a man. It is a trans person. Really? Okay. Yes. I thought it was okay. Whatever. I thought it, it was, it was it like a, I thought it was like a notable. Yeah, yeah. No, and it's oh, not. It was a quite a good movie. Daniela Vega. Okay. Well, yeah, sorry. It, um, it's yeah. It's it, uh, it's part of things that she's she's a trans uh, woman. All right. And on that note, we should probably go on break. Okay. But that sounds very exciting, Gabriel. Uh-huh. We should all check that out out there. The power. Yeah, I think I'm. Uh, I'd like to suggest it for perhaps later on in this year as a interim book to do. The power. The power. It's all about Jafar as he becomes a genie. And speaking of which, uh, if interim books. Uh, yeah, we'll go on break right now. When we come back, we're going to talk more about... We're going to dive our book talk. This ain't the Strand 80. Let's strand... I know this isn't the Strand 80. This is not the Strand 80. But let's go on break. Break. Okay. Welcome back. Hi, everyone. Dear listener, reader. Welcome to Book Talk. Welcome the to segment book talk. of this literature podcast where we actually talk about books. Hey, Gabriel, are we doing a straight 80 book? We're not. Fuck no. God, no. We're taking a goddamn break from that bullshit fucking list. Also, to be fair, we pulled East of Eden last time, and I'm glad I have a week and a half. I have two weeks to read it. Oh, yeah. I need to have that uh, shipped over from the East Coast because I, I had a book, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to buy another one. At least, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Oh, at the library. That. I was very annoyed to walk into the library yesterday and be like, what? They were, they were, you were all out the other day. So I guess pick up a copy from the library if you want. Oh, so, okay. Maybe maybe I'll maybe I'll do that. Whatever. Or you can have my hideous Penguin Books edition. <laughs> I had I had a, um, a book club edition. It's a hardcover with like the old-fashioned like blue uh, California Salinas Valley kind of covers. Uh-huh. If you look at like the original cover of East of if East of Eden and like Grapes of Wrath, that's what it looks like. Okay. Um it's I'm pretty proud of that and I didn't take with me. <laughs> sure. Uh, I also have hard covers of Grapes of Wrath which is on the list, but I didn't take that. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, we'll see. We'll figure it out. This is going this is the problem of having a lot of books that you can't take across the country. Yeah, books are heavy. They are heavy. Um anyway, unlike VHS tapes. So we're not we're not doing a strand eighty for now. Yeah, we're taking a break. Taking Those a break. books are they're they're all heavy reads. They they can be. And um and again, like this time around, I picked a book because that I want to talk about, which is oddly enough, one of the if you go back to uh, top three books of twenty eighteen that we've read, mm-hmm. this is a book I've read on my own and I very much enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, Here's my impression of Daniel ever after having read this book. <laughs> uh, uh, Eddie Coyle. No, I uh, yeah, I, I never. I actually didn't talk to you about it at all, really. Maybe <laughs> a little bit. A little bit, but not really. You I were mentioned like, well, I, check this book I, out, and I was probably like, "We'll do it for the show." I mentioned I liked it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, no, you were like, "Ugh." Uh, but um, but yeah. So uh, let's just get right into it. So the okay. book, the book we're talking about is "The Friends of Eddie Coyle" by George Vagina Higgins. <laughs> I was trying to not. I, like, last week, I I worked so hard. I I changed to Virginia three times because I wanted to say vagina. You uh, brought us right down. Or according to Dalton Wilcox, a Virginia means a land 
hole. A, a lane thing. hole, which is yes. what a cowboy uses to uh, make love yes. with it. Guys, read a book to find out what What does the V actually stand for? Uh, I don't remember. I was just doing research. No, I counter. I countered you because I realized that the moment I said V, the first thing you were going to fucking say is, what does the V event stand for? And, and I knew so in my head. didn't do I, it? I ran the simulation in my head. Uh-huh. I, I had, no, I have all these fucking notes that I wrote down. And yeah. the thing that you're going to ask me is, what does the V stand for? My reaction is, who gives a fuck? I want to know what the V stands who for. Who cares? Look it I up. I do. Find it stands for now. whatever the I fuck. I can't believe you did research right. and didn't know what the all right, V guys, stood for. Here's something that's incredibly important to and the character. And beyond that, you went out of your way to call it vagina. Who cares? <laughs> okay. Uh, we're gonna find out the you most important character, uh, important information to understand about anything. What his middle name is? I want to know. Which is completely useless trivia. Useless trivia. Because we're trying to figure out what if Essie Hinton was a man or a woman. Did we? Yeah, Vincent. It took two seconds. Essie Hinton, uh, woman, right? Yes. Okay, I thought so. Um, Vincent. Oh my God. There anyway, we go. we it. so enough about that. Seconds. So we're gonna talk. So I'm gonna talk a little bit about what I've okay. learned from my extensive research through uh, an incredible online uh, uh, encyclopedic well, how resource about called. Before Wikipedia. we do that, what is the book about? And then go into. The oh, should history. we do that like that then? Yeah. Uh, well, how about this, Gabriel? You're better at summarizing very quickly what the book is about. Okay. Uh, you. What? What? What is the Friends of Eddie Coyle about? Sure. The Friends of Eddie Coyle is about a few different criminals, all in Boston, all who are kind of interlinked through kind of gun deals, basically. That Eddie Coyle is a man who um, is going up the river soon due to a bad a job that went wrong, and. He is selling, he's buying guns from a man named Jackie Brown, and he is selling them to three men who are robbing banks. And Eddie's trying to save his own skin while everyone else is trying to do their own thing. And it kind of becomes a whirlpool of betrayal. Yes. Very good. Uh, this book came out in 1970. Very important. Mm. Uh, this book came out and was like a pretty much an overnight success, more or less. Okay. Um... And uh, and also this stood in com- in stark contrast to the previous zeitgeist uh, crime novel that was a huge deal called The Godfather by Never Mario Puzo. Puzo, whatever. Fuck yeah. you. Um, so like, yeah. which is very exciting because like Mario Puzo, of course, made a very like operatic, generational, like almost old school, like literary kind mm-hmm. of like novel about a crime family. Whereas this is not that. That's the opposite. Yeah. This is one of the most <laughs> seminal crime novels ever written. Yes. And it's inspired Elmore Leonard. Um, it inspired oh. Quentin Tarantino, obviously. And uh, the introduction is written by our old friend, Denny the, the Hatred. Lehane. Love um, that guy. And basically he makes a point that he goes like, uh, let me just read a little bit from the start, which is also pretty cool. Uh, 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 That's what yeah. he wrote? And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> it's by Dennis Lane. Uh, 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 uh. Uh, you hold in your hands the game-changing crime novel of the last 50 years. It is also quite possibly one of the four, uh, four or five best crime novels ever written. It casts lo- such a long shadow that all of us who toil in the genre known as American noir do so in its shade. Same goes for all of us who write novels set in Boston, which is also the hatred. Brooms. Uh, how can a slim novel with minimal description and no heroes lay claim to the status of modern masterpiece? And he makes the point. Uh, let's start with the title. Friends of Eddie Coyle. Eddie Coyle has no friends. Mm-hmm. Eddie barely has acquaintances. Eddie Coyle is our hopeless, helpless, hapless everyman in the Boston criminal world in 1970. And his wife goes, hates him. And it goes on. Basically, Dennis Lehane talks a lot about like. Yeah, you can see the influence, especially in something like, like The Drop. The Drop is basically Dennis Lehane being like, I want to write a Friends of Eddie Coyle. Yeah, okay. I, I'm curious. I, have, I haven't read that or seen Drop's that. Drop's okay. I, I, I'm interested in that. The novel is also pretty short. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, wonderfully is a very short novel, but we'll get to that in a moment. Mm-hmm. So let's kind of go. Give us so, some history, so Daniel. So again, that was kind of like the that that's that is the context that this came out, and it was a huge success, despite being as the hatred said, mm-hmm. sparsely detailed, sparsely plotted. Uh, none of the characters, like, again, like, there's no real hero of the book. No one, people are are barely described. People are, people are barely described. Uh, Eddie Coyle isn't named until halfway through the book. I mean, you hear the name Eddie Coyle, but he's referred to as the, the stocky man Mm -hmm. until literally halfway through the book. We'll get to that Yeah, there's reasons behind it, which is pretty cool. Now, Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. Would it, I mean, you having read this novel, would it surprise you that, uh, 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 Eddie Higgins, I forgot his name. George, George Higgins. Van Halen Higgins. George Van Halen Higgins uh, apparently worked as a deputy assistant general. Uh, he worked in the Commonwealth, an assistant U.S. attorney. That he actually worked in the kind of uh, worlds that basically, in like the sphere of like crime in Boston and also law enforcement. Well, I totally believe that. That makes sense. And of course, he was a journalist and columnist, which mm-hmm. makes sense because of how sparsely he writes. That usually speaks to a very good uh, journalist background. Sure. Elroy. Uh, he worked seven years in anti-organization crime government mental positions, mm-hmm. which basically went into this. And also, oddly enough, and I, I, I thought this was strange, in 1973, which was three years after he published this book and he became a huge success, mm-hmm. he got into private pa- uh, practice oh, with law. And he defended, briefly, Eldridge Cleaver, who was okay. one of the leaders of the Black Panthers. Oh, wow. And then apparently they fell apart because they had a disagreement, as you can imagine. Sure. Um, and he also defended a guy named, I didn't know about this, G. Gordon Liddy, who was oh, one of the FBI Liddy? men who wow. was a part of the, what are they called, the White House plumbers? Who, yeah, uh, Watergate. Broke, who broke into, like, Watergate and whatnot. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, I was just kind of wikipedia this. He's a fucking interesting Apparently, when he got out of jail, he became, like, a news pundit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he's always on, like, Fox News nowadays. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, very quickly, uh, Gabriel would also very surprise you to find out that he's very proud about the way he presents his dialogue. That doesn't surprise me that doesn't one surprise little bit. Uh, to get into it a little bit, this novel is mostly conversations. Uh, it's mostly people like there's very there's a few chapters in here where it's actually describing action and that's kind of at the forefront as opposed to like two people talking. It's really cool like like the one or two times it happens it's very jarring and yeah. you're like whoa it feels like I'm in a whole new story. It's it's when like it does something as simple as that or even has like a, like a suspenseful scene it just it like kind of shocks you out of like like the kind of like rhythm of the book and whatnot but mm-hmm. uh, he's very he's very proud of the way he writes and he has this thing and I don't think this is a direct quote this isn't verbatim because it w- wasn't in quotes. But it seems very specific, uh, specific, so it might be, you know, kind of like a like a, a loosely uh, 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 retold. Anyway. Do you? Uh, accurate dialogue isn't a verbatim transcript of things said, but an imaginative recreation in compressed form. Huh? Just, what? You want me to say it again? Yes. Accurate? Well, you're also like, like I'm, I'm, Googling I'm, boobs. <laughs> I'm connecting a weird thought train that I'll get into in a minute. Okay. It's, 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 like a, it's like a silly little aside. Okay, because I, I have a few more things to say, really. That's really it. Uh, accurate dialogue mm-hmm. isn't a verbatim transcript of things said, mm-hmm. but an imaginative recreation in compressed form. Um, I like that. That yeah. reminds me, like, I, I think um, Dennis Lehane mentions it in the introduction again. Um, one of my favorite authors, Richard Price, must have taken a page from this. That Dick spe- Money. That's yeah, Dick Money. Took me a moment. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, that, um, uh, that Higgins and Price and Lehane, they, I think less so Lehane, but more, definitely more so Richard Price, mm-hmm. they excel in writing the way people speak in their voice in a very naturalistic way where, like, they'll, they'll, You'll see the way they pronounce something oddly in the text, like mm-hmm. they like they don't say um, the Boston Bruins; they say the Bruins. 
<laughs> That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it I, like then immediately it, the language is electric. Lehane is Lehane is great at dialogue, but he does, but he's not as purposely kind of like really like local yeah. color. Like, there, like there's a kind of and... affect to him that I think is interesting. Like you know, I, I absolutely love the uh, the Kenzie Gennaro series, and I, there, I, never, I did not know that. Yeah, I know. But I mean, what a surprise! I was gonna pick that actually for our for my pick for next hey. week, but I decided not to go with that it. angle. Oh, um, Too maybe something. Huh? Too many white men in a row. Too many white men in a row. That's exactly, literally, that's what I was thinking. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, that, like, when Lehane writing those definitely is aping a modern Chandler kind of thing rather than doing a naturalistic crime story. Yeah, and that's that's another thing that we can also talk about, especially in terms of, like, the fact that this was made into a movie in 1973, mm-hmm. three years after it came out. Starring uh, Robert, Mitchum. Robert Mitchum and Peter Boyle. Oh, cool. Uh, Robert Mitchum plays Eddie Coyle. Peter Boyle plays Dylan. That's pretty cool. I know. Who plays cool. Wanda? Uh, I don't think she wasn't credited on the Wikipedia page. No, I'm curious. I'm curious what that would be like. Um, but uh, also, we don't wear of, no pants. Uh, some real quick. We'll get into that in a moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, because again, it was directed by Peter Yates. It came out in 1973. Uh, all y'all out there, you can either rent it off of like iTunes or by the Criterion. Oh, it's a Criterion, Blu-ray. so it's going to be in widely available. So yeah, it is. I almost I was really teasing buying this, but I remember I was always you I, tease. I was listening to the audiobook for a while, and like I, I was like I wanted to buy it, and I was like, ah, no, I should finish the book and then and then check the thing out. Um, also, very quickly, uh, a couple more interesting things. First off, uh, would it also First surprise off. you that another uh, huge fan of this book, his number one favorite novel ever, mm-hmm. Anthony Bourdain. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, Bourdain wrote crime books before he became notable for writing Kitchen Confidential*. And and it'd be pretty cool seeing. Uh, Anthony... I think I own a copy of *Bone in the Throat*. I, I've seen a lot of them at the used bookstore I used to work at, and I never bought them. But um, but the, yeah, that'd be it'd be pretty cool to imagine Anthony Bourdain trying to write something like like this a bit, but mm-hmm. probably a little more like like Lehane, you know? Yeah, like I would get fun. tipsy and buy books on sale on Kindle. Mm-hmm. I think I own the book version of *Cocktail*. Yeah, and um. Uh, real quick, some little notes. I, I'm like literally reading like a couple like little more tabs on like, uh-huh. my uh, basically written notes. Uh, Ebert gave the movie four stars. Robert Mitchum wanted to meet Whitey Bulger and cool. was thankfully told not to. It's like because he was like, I want to meet real gangsters. I want to meet Whitey Bulger. And people are like, you don't want to meet. Don't want to meet. Don't want to Whitey. Apparently, like one he of looks the... like Johnny Depp in a bald wig. Ugh. I don't. I actually, I don't think he looks like that. Yeah, no. I think Johnny Depp looks like Johnny Depp in a ball. Yeah. Yeah. I hated that movie. Um, but uh, but apparently the guy who played um, uh, Jackie Brown, I think, was like an actual like gangster back in the That's day. That's pretty cool. Um, and also, uh, real quick, because we didn't talk about anything else that the dude did. Um, he's also notor- uh, notorious. He's also no, written no. the Jerry Kennedy okay. series. Which is like I think he's he's basically stayed in like the crime genre, like uh-huh. loosely. I, I heard you didn't really like being in the crime genre. He just told dramas. Yeah, and you you can kind of see that where like he he's definitely more of like a drama kind of dude, but like, but it's always usually mm-hmm. within like the fines of oh, yeah. you got to write with what you know, and he sure. very much he clearly knows the crime. He also um, wrote Killing Them Softly, right? He wrote Kogan's Trade, okay. which was adapted into the film Killing Them Softly, which I own the Blu-ray of, and I've never watched. Yes, and we should watch that at some point. Yes. Um, and, uh, and very importantly, that's not important. Yeah. I'm so, like, what, so what do you make of all these details, Daniel? Uh, cool. He's a cool dude. No, I'm interested. I didn't really know anything about him. Uh, oddly enough, you know, what's very frustrating. Gabriel, I've been to Barnes and Noble frequently in the past, like several months. Mm-hmm. And usually when I'm there, I usually go, damn it. I was looking for a copy of Friends of Eddie Coyle and they don't have it. And so like 
this is like in fact they didn't have any Hickens novels, not even Kogan's That's trade kind of or anything. Odd. I mean this like it, it's one of apparently one of the greatest crime novels written in the twentieth century. I feel like I've seen this I've seen, seen this book at like many Barnes and Nobles. I have not. Well, a funny so let me let me tell you a little a little anecdote briefly. Okay. Um I heard of this book um, and I bought a copy of this book probably back in 2010 or so. Uh-huh. I've owned a copy of this book for like nine years. Yeah. Um, because a friend of mine, I have, I wonder how, hope he's doing well. He was a fellow barfly at our local watering hole in the West Village of New York. Uh-huh. He is Emmy Award winner. I'm not even kidding. David Shea, good guy. He um uh, he wrote uh basically History Channel documentaries. Uh-huh. Won an Emmy for that. So great dude. Sometimes not such a great dude, but he's, um, I love that guy. He's a good man, uh-huh. and uh, he loves um, crime fiction. Mm-hmm. And so he recommended I buy two books because I think I asked, I was probably loaded, and I was like, I love Dennis Lehane. What else do you? What else do you? What do you think's good? Uh-huh. And he told me to get one Tom Kakanis's uh, Double Down, which I loved. Which was adapted into the Neil Breen movie. You know, believe yes. it or not, double. Di- yeah, I think about that every single time. But um, I, I'd love to recommend that. They're three dollars on Kindle now. They're basically out of physical print. I had this beautiful, hideous '80s paperback that was silver that I gave to my brother because I thought he'd of like double it. Down? Of double down, okay. just beautiful. Right. And it's basically they're wonderful little crime stories of like a guy who's a gambler who gets thrown these kinds of things. Okay. So that was one. I I sped through that book. I loved it. And the other book was The Friends of Eddie Coyle. Mm. I. I've picked up this book and started to read it probably like 15 times across the last decade mm-hmm. and never finished it until today. Nice. Which is kind of amazing because, again, it's a very short novel. I think the funny thing is I found it difficult to get to immediately jump in on it because the writing style is very different from what I enjoy. Yeah, it's very stylized. It's very different. And I'll admit to you that I don't really start to fall for this book at all. I'm, I'm kind of like, dupe. I was falling asleep reading this last uh-huh. night. And the, the moment where I finally really got into the book was the chapter following the, um, the bank job. Yeah, the bank job. When, the, like, the, all... the first time the, the style of writing changes, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, cool. Yeah, you, 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 okay. No, that, that, I can see that. For me, and I think this is mainly because, uh, again, I was on the High Books app. High being like H-I I'm books. Familiar. Um, is that I was listening to the audiobook, and I should actually play a little bit of that because I had, I still, even when I was like reading the physical book, I had this, I had like the voice stuck Whisper in my head. Sink. Um, but no, I had like having some guy, like an actual genuine fucking actor, like kind of like read the dialogue back it? and forth. I'll check it out. I'll get it in a moment and bring it up. But um, it, really got me into this like immediately like, i can see that once so, it's, you like, got... it's like reading shakespeare is boring hearing shakespeare is wonderful yeah kind of that's the case and and i love the idea that again you know as i said before eddie coyle is not referred to in the narration as eddie coyle mm-hmm. you hear in different chapters when eddie coyle's not around dave foley the cop mm-hmm. mentioning that like oh you know eddie eddie fingers eddie yeah, coyle chapter, you know? chapter one they established that the saki man got his hand shattered because like in a drawer yeah. because a gun he sold was uh like was traced to it, a it guy was, it was hot it was involved yeah, it was with something guns. else and then so his his "Quote unquote friends," which mm-hmm. which is actually Dylan, yeah, uh, put his hand in a drawer and said, "Listen, this isn't it's just business. You yeah. know, I got to do this." And they fucking they mangle his hand. Yeah, they and in the his... next chapter, um, the cop Dave Foley is like, "Yeah, um, Eddie Fingers. They fucked up his hand. They crushed it in a drawer." So you're like, "Oh, stocky man is Eddie. That's cool." <laughs> it it yeah, and I you know what you know what the the interesting thing is, he's not All referred to as Eddie Coyle in the narration. Until halfway through the novel, mm-hmm. when uh, 
Eddie drops a fucking dime on Jackie Brown. Mm-hmm. That the it's a it's like a one page chapter where it begins with Eddie Coyle did this, and it is because oh, so it's him calling uh, Dave Foley saying, "Hey, look, go to the, like you're gonna find this guy there. He has a bunch of machine guns in his trunk." Mm-hmm. That is the first time he's actually referred to as, as Eddie Coyle. That's pretty cool. Um, uh, the no, the audiobook is read by I just had it Mark Hammer. Hmm. Uh, and here, one second. Let me give you a taste of what the guy sounds like. Taste of the hammer? Chapter six. Dylan explained that he was frightened. Otherwise, I'd help you, see? It's very slow. He said. It's he very slow. On the bench on the but in the midst of it's the perfect. Though. No, I dig it. He's great. Hunched over it, it's, that's like, like the old bastard bartender. Like, that's. That's how he talks. He has kind of like a sad sap voice, mm-hmm. but but again, like he does, like even when characters get all fucking angry and cursing at each other, he does it beautifully. He's you that's think, awesome. good job, Mark Hammer. You got cool. a great name too. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty fucking crazy. Mark brought the hammer. So Daniel, yes, why did you want to do this book? And why? So I mean, I know you're wicked into it. Yes. Um, why did you want to do this book for the show? Um, well, again, like I think it is weird that for apparently one of like the most influential uh crime novels written in the 20th century what is regarded as like one of like the as lahane says like one of like the f- top greatest crime novels ever written mm-hmm. um it it's not as well known yeah it, it's kind I agree of with that. like it had its heyday sure back in the day and also higgins again um look, looking at his kind of trajectory he's been regularly writing he wrote for 30 years he died in uh, 1999 mm. he died pretty young he was like 59 or something like that oh wow um but uh he was writing for 30 years and he regularly wrote like if you look at his bibliography it's pretty long but not a lot of familiar titles um and i don't know exactly what like what 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 like why he kind of like maybe have fallen out of reach or just became like a legacy act essentially, but like the two novels I'm aware of that he's written are the Friends of Eddie Coyle and Kogan's Trade, and essentially like those are the those are the big ones that people recognize right about now, and that's mainly because they were made into movies. All right, uh, Killing Him Softly was made into a movie in 2012 as well, mm-hmm. and wasn't entirely popular. Yeah, uh, I mean, circling back to a point you were making earlier. This is, I feel like I've seen this book in most Barnes and Nobles I've walked into. I, I have not, in the Barnes and Nobles I've Like this edition, I've been in, the 40th anniversary edition, I've I think it's fairly popular. I have not seen it. Maybe when it first, when this edition first came out, it was a big mm-hmm. deal. Also 40 years. So that would have been 19, 2010. Mm-hmm. So this came out in 2010. Maybe closer to 2010, it was like all over the place. Not mm-hmm. lately. I feel like I'd seen them, but I could be wrong. Uh, no, like I said, lately, maybe that's not the case. Because also, we should say, this is probably one of the ugliest covers. This uh, cover it, it is, is hideous. It is, I kind of really hate it. And the other uh, uh, Higgins novels actually have really cool covers. Like, they're really stark. They're, it's like like a bright color, solid color with like like a, like a, like a spade or something like that in the mm-hmm. center of it. You know, something very simple or a sure. cocktail glass. Really simple. Mm-hmm. And then this one... Gabriel, how do you describe this? It looks like someone watched Snatch ten years too late and decided to make it into a book cover. I, I would, I would say it looks like it looks like a real like self-published author kind of thing. You pay like some guy twenty bucks online to make a cover, mm-hmm. and it's just like, what is it? It's a crime story. Okay, I made you a crime Super story generic. Not a cover. There's some generic-looking guy holding a gun up towards wearing, like, the a camera, beanie. wearing a beanie, which t- which couldn't be any more unlike what the book is. Yeah, and then below it is just an orange cop car. Mm-hmm. It says Boston Police, which is the only. I think like basically, if you took like the guy holding the gun out, it would be better. Yeah. 
but like it needs to be a little more stark and a little more minimalist. Yeah. Whereas this just I, looks I, ugly. I feel like like if it was like a hopper painting, it would make more sense. Like if it was like the, it was like the painting Nighthawks and it said Friends of Eddie Coyle, that would make more sense. It, yeah, you have like an old fashioned like almost like oh they have for sure where to, uh, yeah. Anderson's book. The, and the books are the book is extremely subtle. It it I think it's almost subtle to a fault, but that's part of what it wants to do. Yeah, and. The cover here is so the opposite of subtle. This book cover looks like you it know, says crime suspense. Like if you put this Action. on a towel at the boardwalk, it would sell very well. Ugh, yeah, it, it's um, but okay. Let's, it's like you like Scarface, then let, you'll love Friends of Eddie Coyle. So Gabriel, yeah, so. you said that it took you a while to get into it. Yes. Um, but you got into it like it's roughly like a quarter of the way into the book. I yeah. think roughly. Mm-hmm. Um, so what did you feel about reading the whole thing overall? Um, mm. uh, it's one of those things where. I see, it is a masterpiece, and I see it for, for that reason. It's it's pretty great. Um, it's not really my thing. Uh-huh. It's not really the thing I'm drawn to, the style of it. You know, I I, I tend to like melodrama. I yeah. like I like heightened emotions. I basically, not that I like affect, but I like the opposite of what you like often. But my casual reads are usually much more like. I was in the book. I was in the library yesterday trying to find a book for us to do next, and every single one of them, I'm like. Ugh, that's like a 600-page book about families being sad. <laughs> Can't do that. Okay, well, you always yeah. want to read 600-page novels about Pretty much. families being sad. I was going to be like, I should make Daniel read Jonathan Franzen's Freedom. And oh, like that why? book is the because I think it's it's, so outst- long. it's outstanding, and I think <laughs> it's, it's so long. yeah that, yeah that's not the marker for a good book, Daniel. Um, I think this thing is a little bit too smoke. This book is a little bit. Yeah, this means. book's a little too spare for me. I think it's, I don't know. I, I I think this book is really really cool, mm-hmm. and that kind of, that's kind of where it ends for me. It's an incredibly well written, very cool book. That I um yeah, it's it's awesome. Okay. So Did that's... I enjoy it? Yeah, but. Mm. But you like, uh, but you, but you generally do like the Lehane stories. A little oh, I love the Lehane stories. Th- this is definitely something very different. Whereas Lehane does something a little more modern. Yeah. This does something I, that I'm like not, it's not I'm even not like that a... interested in nihilistic stories. Mm-hmm. That if 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 I am, it's very like there, I think there's such a thing as a humanist nihilist story, like the Coen Brothers. That's what they do. Yeah. Like like and this, I feel like. You know, it's it's just an ongoing story in a vacuum. I, I if you're gonna say like 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 this isn't this is something more nihilistic than a Coen Brothers story, I'd be like, I don't agree with that. Oh, how do you? I, I think it definitely is. First off, Coen Brothers are pretty fucking like dark and nihilistic, but I still think they they portray humanity very well. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Whereas there's like, a, it's a, like there's human tragedy to the nihilism of a Coen Brothers story. There is human tragedy here. Uh, in in a way, it's presented, and here it is very very plain. And I think that's that's the, that's the deliberate choice. It's not a criticism. It's very plainly presented as, like, oh, um, nothing really matters. It's all the endless cycle, and everyone is kind of shitty. It's not that, that I wouldn't say that it's not. It's because nothing matters. The whole point is that isn't that literally it, what they say at the end? It says at the end. No. I guess it's, it's hard to notice though. It's very much. It's very much a wire. Nothing kind ever of changes. Sentiment. Sure, it changes. Just hard to notice. Yeah. Yeah. That is that is a bleak moment, but it's not nihilistic. That's nihilistic. The well, here's the thing: the undercurrent that's going through under like through this whole book is that it is the frustration that like again, this is like all like the drama that's going on, like the betrayals, the people going or getting arrested, people mm-hmm. getting not arrested, people who get knocked off and whatnot is neatly summarized at the end about like some per- some dude just going like like. Yeah, this is what happens. Old guys disappear. The new guys go to jail. They come back in and they get stuck in the thing. And then, mm-hmm. like, the other person just kind of frustrated, just like, 
well, does it ever fucking change? Like, mm-hmm. it, like is all this like basically it is it is an angry kind of like moment to say about like how law kind of treats this kind of thing. Like essentially, law has become a bit of the game, mm-hmm. you know, where like the law plays a factor in like a cr- like a criminal becoming like starting out, maturing, and beginning like a more experience, and then like rising to become like a an old sad geezer, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like like Dylan or, or Eddie Quill, for example. So there's something very like wire esque about the whole thing. That oh, I agree. You, you with just that. you very have to like look at it. It changes how you are kind of looking at the whole story, and and again, very subtle about this to the point where I like I almost had to like look it up pretty much, or it was mm-hmm. something I read while looking this up about like how like how important it was that Eddie Coyle was talking about like when a hockey player going like like look at that guy, he's a great dude, and he's talking about like how he has like this great future in front yeah. of him. And how like again we're supposed to look at like the like there's this young kid that like joins in Dylan at the end when they go to execute Eddie Coyle. Mm-hmm. And like that is essentially where that young kid is with like the future ahead of him. And it starts with him kind of like being mentored by Dylan and like this mm-hmm. hit that he didn't even know was gonna happen or whatever. So yeah, again, like it's it, it is a very human story, and in fact, in the fact that I think that I believe that it portrays humanity very realistic. I think that I I I suppose okay. I think that's one aspect of humanity shown in. It's a very inhumane way to show humanity. It's showing humanity like well, they're ants on a hill, <laughs> uh, which is not my my point is that's not the kind of story I'm interested in. No. It's, it reminds me of like our disagreement on God damn it. Look out, Jesus Christ! Our disagree, disagreement on uh, it comes at night. Uh-huh. Where I'm like, you didn't tell me anything new, and I, it, what a, what a wonderful depiction of terrible people, and I move on. Uh-huh. Nothing with it sticks with me really. No. I appreciate this as a stylistic kind of exercise and a very cool telling of a crime story, mm-hmm. but I think that's what I mean. Like, there's there's not a humanist streak in this. It is very inhuman in how it shows humanity. I'll say inhuman. Uh, I would rather take bleak or nihilistic. As it's that's very bleak and nihilistic, and that's very very. It's a, it doesn't sh- it doesn't dwell. Mm-hmm. How about on the emotional beats, yeah, no. which is something I prefer. Well, uh, I tell you what, I, I would rather take, how about this? I'll, I'll gladly uh, n- uh, compromise and say, okay, you can call this bleak and nihilistic, mm-hmm. but don't say that that like Coen brothers are that much more upbeat. Yes, they are. Are you fucking they're, serious? They're just as, no, don't be wrong. They're Compare stories. this to characters in Fargo, one of their darkest stories. Well, no, D- Fargo has like basically one of the greatest like uh, 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 hero there, characters there is ever. Not, that's, yeah, that's okay, different. So, Fargo's different. Sure. Well, then there's no heroes. There are heroes in Coen brothers stories. Uh-huh. This is this is a hero well, what about, story. Uh, well, how about this? What about and don't get me wrong. Like I feel like uh, I think the problem with this is that there's different genres we're talking about with Coen Brothers. Mm-hmm. Like I'd say, like well, what about um, uh, Lewin Davis or something like that, where it is like a human story, but it's very fucking bleak. Well, uh, but the difference to that is that that's it's it's Homeric because the it's whole not... point of that story is it's an Odyssean kind of journey. Yeah, but. Uh, that's going to open a can of worms. I'm going to be yeah. like, well, yeah, but let's talk about what a what that's the Odyssey epic is. That's playing epic poetry. Let's, let's let's do the Odyssey. You know, um, I think... Oh, I think... Can we do the Wishbone version? The, what's the Wishbone version? The Wishbone version. Well, what's the Wishbone version? You know, the little Wishbone books? They do the summary. It's kind of illustrated classics, but it's Wishbone. I don't think I read that. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, no, I think... Uh, Odyssey's um, a love story. Uh, uh, Overdue does like this thing called like it's Homer time or something. And I, okay. I think they keep That's talking about the Odyssey or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I tell you what, we're going long. Let's go on break. When we come back, we'll get final thoughts. Oh, right. right. So... We'll go on break. Oh. Welcome back, dear listener readers. Howdy, y'all. 
to Slow Readers, America's Fast Space Literature Podcast. I was expecting some kind of bounce back there. For what? I said to Slow Readers. Silence. Yeah. America's Fast Space Literature Podcast. No, that's usually, who we are. usually you, you can't go, help yep, but just kind of throw something. Yeah, that's true. You usually say something in there. It was very weird. I was trying to find a line. You didn't have my back, bro. What? You don't need my back. You got all on your own. Anyway, so uh, this is Slow Readers, uh, where Gabriel apparently doesn't want to be involved. Uh, no. Nope. <laughs> so, too cool for that. Gabriel? What do you want? Uh, final thoughts. Do you have anything else you want to say? You essentially gave final thoughts before, but um, do you have anything you want to say? Do you recommend people read oh, this? Oh, absolutely. I recommend people read this. I think this is a fantastic book. It's it's a brilliant book. It's a masterpiece. Um, it's It's... it's a little too bleak for my taste, but that's kind of that's the odd thing. I like bleak. I just feel that um my my bleak need there needs to be, I I, I prefer a humanist streak in it. Like Vonnegut, mm-hmm. Vonnegut stories are pitch black bleak, but they're very humanist stories. This is I, this is very it's a little too um nihilistic for me. Mm-hmm. I think actively so, but I I appreciate all the beats. I appreciate the story. I appreciate everything about it. Um, I have no real urge to ever revisit this i'm curious i'm curious i'm going to see the movie once you said that i'm like i'm I'm like super curious like oh i wonder what uh what ryan would have thought of this because he uh we because like last time i i I did a slow readers with him Mm -hmm. uh we had done a chandler novel and apparently like i keep forgetting that he's like a massive like crime genre fan Mm -hmm. i'm curious what he would have that's also why i want to definitely do killing them softly because it is very similar i think that movie also presents it as more of like a black comedy but yeah. uh, but like, definitely like like I'm I'm so curious what he would have said. I yeah. think he would have liked this. He was an enigma that way. I, I it could have gone really entirely either way. Yeah. I think either he would not even bothered getting through it, or mm-hmm. he would have loved it. He either would have hated it or loved it. I imagine. Well, I imagine he would have liked it, but it's different from the thing. Like he likes like uh, Chandler. He likes because ro- Chandler's very romantic. Yeah. And even in his nihilism. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> uh, even if it's depiction of like greediness and, and whatnot. Ryan likes cool guy things like yeah. that he he like he he has a he, he liked he had a derision for something like tacky uh-huh. this isn't tacky at all but there's definitely he, he likes the cool guy romance he likes one-liners yeah which is why he likes like uh chandler and this is this is different and i yeah, guess uh part going to segue he, into, he hated the cones segueing which is so weird but uh, segueing into uh my final thoughts a bit is that um yeah no i i love the idea that like there's no cool guys in this. Yeah. Nobody's cool. Yeah, no. I uh, like that a lot. Eddie Coyle is a stocky man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dylan, uh, when we get introduced to him, who's... Well, I don't know. Not Dylan has think... a whole fucking Columbo thing going on. <laughs> Dylan is... I love that first chapter. It is mm-hmm. almost too much because mm-hmm. of how much... It's like a thesis for how the book operates where it's yeah. some guy talking about a bunch of different things and you mm-hmm. just kind of have to like read what he goes. It is him just talking for pages and pages. Him rambling about what he sees on the street. And then that's also what helps like the next chapter. The next chapter is the the bank job, the mm-hmm. first the first one. And like it just like it just jabs you all of a sudden. Just like, yeah. what's going on? Oh mm-hmm. my God. Um, but anyway, no, I, I really dig this as the hatred said, uh, a story without heroes. There's no real hero. You're just basically, you feel, you feel for Coyle in the sense that like, you get the sense that, oh, like, oh, he, he's going up the hill. He's going, what do you call it? Up the, up the river, up the river. Yeah. That's what it was. Is that the way, is that the way he used it? I felt like he, well, they, probably, they might say up the hill. I thought he, he described it. I don't know. I think he keeps calling it like up to New Hampshire. I'm going to up to New Hampshire for that thing or mm-hmm. something like that. But, um, that like. You feel that he that he does that like he's subtly implying that like oh he's gonna do whatever he can to not go to jail yeah. and that unfortunately involves him ratting out his friends mm-hmm. quote unquote friends 
Um, yeah, I dig that. And again, I can't stress enough. This is really fucking well written. And yeah. it's the, and don't be wrong, a lot of that is just the dialogue because like the details and the action is usually so sparse mm -hmm. and not yeah. that there. There's, there's not a word out of place in this whole book. Yeah. Everything is carefully. It's almost to the point where like everyone just sounds almost too old man rambly sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, like, no, it's really fucking solid. Like, uh, I recommend people, if even if you don't feel like picking this up, I recommend getting that audiobook and fucking listening to mm -hmm. it because that guy does an excellent job and it's great hearing this right out loud. It's It reads, you're like, it's like Shakespeare. It's, sure. It's, so I think if you're interested even remotely in crime books, it's a it's a short book. It's a must read. You'll get it done in an evening. Like in a, in a weekend, you'll get through this whole book. It's it's a good even beach read that you can just get through this thing quickly enough as a good, as a compelling crime story. I, I, I'm curious because this seemed to be like the real start about doing like a crime story that was so true to a certain locale, mm. you know? Because, like, uh, you know, think about, like, The Wire, where, like, The Wire is definitely, like, an, a through-and-through, like, realistic bulk, like depiction of Baltimore. Sure. And then, of course, then you had, you know, the hatred doing Boston and whatnot, yada, yada, yada. You didn't really have that because Chandler didn't really depict Los Angeles as, like, truthfully no. Los Angeles. It was, like, this heightened version. Yeah. So this was definitely – this seems like, especially in American literature, kind of like the like start a of that kind of thing. Yeah. All right. I dig it. So let's stop talking about it, Friends of Eddie Cole. Oh, uh, we have we have a segment to do about it. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, uh, we have a segment in in memory of Not memories. Of He's still kicking. Uh, in memory of Jonathan Hayes of the Whip Round Podcast. Yes. Uh, we have hazy memories. Hazy memories. Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. What is your hazy memory? Because I need to come up with my own. Mm-hmm. So, let's see. Um, there's a lot to this that I like. There's so many fantastic scenes mm -hmm. that I think, weirdly enough, I'd almost appreciate this more as a movie if it came up, came down that way. Um, my my takeaway from this probably is my by that robbery scene, like the first one. If I think if someone asks me like in ten years, did you read the Friends of Eddie Coyle? I'd be like, oh, actually, you know what? Who's the thing I remember most is Dylan. I think, like I mentioned briefly, he has almost like a Columbo-like thing that Dylan will waste your time. Mm -hmm. Like he will, t he will, he will talk and talk and talk about fucking whatever. And sometimes he's just talking about nothing, or he's alluding to something. And then at like very end of the book, Dylan is um, he's receiving his assignment to um, to kill Eddie mm -hmm. as a hitman. And all of a sudden, Dylan is cogent. <laughs> he is strict to the point, and he is all business. Yeah. And you're like. Oh, it's a fucking act. So that's I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, there's this really cool bartender character. Then again, I tend to really love a good, cool bartender. He he's like, yeah, he's like this cool bartender. Oh, that's an interesting thing about the one movie. more thing. He's this cool bartender guy who like seems to be just so like like rambling because he's like all the scenes he's talking to the cop, and even the cop says like, well, he doesn't tell me things. I have to like read things out of what mm -hmm. he's saying. And then, like, sure enough, when you see him being who he is, he's just, he's, like, this cold-blooded, ruthless fucking guy. Yeah, he's a hitman. Um, oddly enough, you'd appreciate this. Uh, Peter Boyle, who played him in the 1973 movie, mm -hmm. couldn't fucking draw a beer for his life. That's so, so funny. They had to give him like pre pre uh, pre poured uh, beers from like below that he would reach up and grab. That's pretty funny. Uh, also played by briefly in Killing Them Softly by Sam Shepard. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, uh, very briefly, unfortunately. Apparently, like the movie was like two and a half hours. It involved characters like Garrett Dillon or actors like Garrett Dillahunt and Zoe Saldana who were completely cut from the movie. That's too bad. Yeah, it is. It's a very. It's a. Uh, I love. I love. Before I even knew what this was, I loved uh, the movie Killing Them Softly. Oh, let's get loaded tonight and watch it. Hey. Memory. Uh, speaking of which, um, what's yeah, your hazy memory, Dan? My hazy memory is 
that moment when well i i is it the moment where he does the worm and everyone cheers for him exactly no i i think oddly enough it is the effect that like characters are i mean it does that wonderful thing that i love where characters are not introduced usually i mean jackie brown wasn't was an example here that does the complete opposite but like characters are introduced by titles or like you know just like mm-hmm. i don't know what to call them but just like they're referred to as something else as opposed to their names. And it's often done that way depending on whose perspective the chapter is. Yes. Say, for example, in the very first chapter, or from Jackie Brown's perspective, and he is just a stocky man. He doesn't know Eddie's name. Yeah, he... He's just a stocky man. <laughs> and Eddie Coyle subtly refers to himself as Paul or yeah, something like that. something yeah. like that. So I think that's a really yeah. cool thing that does that. Like, like perspective so, so subtly shifts from chapter to chapter. Mm-hmm. And, and some people have names, some people don't, and you figure out how they're all connected through but, dots. And sometimes even that's loose, because I think, isn't the second chapter, it's Eddie Coyle and uh, and Foley, the cop, mm-hmm. and I don't think either of them get names. It's the stocky man and, like, the guy or whatever, mm-hmm. and you have to, like, discern that first off he's talking to a cop or something like that. Yeah, and they first time probably But it's, it's, it's interesting how it does that. And, like, again, like, just the idea that, like, following this character named the stocky man and listening to the first time that you mm-hmm. realize that, like, oh, this is Eddie Coyle. And then later on, it's it's like, oh, I was talking to the guy with mm-hmm. his fucked up hand, Eddie. And you're just like, oh, that's the guy. It is, um, a, it is a cool, weird, like, rever- I think I think this is an allusion to, uh, fuck, is it Chandler? Or um, the thin man. Uh, that Oh, that was, um, no, it was not, no, it's not your man, uh, you know. I need to be a fair guy. It's not him. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Want to my phone? <laughs> Gabriel um, almost broke his fucking phone out of anger. I have a very strong phone case. Um, it's, I think it might be an allusion to it being complete opposite. Hammett. It was Dashiell Hammett. Hammett. Complete, like, style is a complete 100% 180 stylistically from The Thin Man, mm-hmm. which is about charming husband and wife detectives who have witty banter and that kind of thing. Is that what the thing? I have no idea what the Thin Man's about. It's um, I always hear that with that name. If you recall the, the Thrilling Adventure Hour segment, where it is uh, Paul F. Tompkins and Paget Brewster as um, cocktail drinking, um, high rolling people who solve paranormal mysteries. Really? Is that what they? Because I, I I've never listened. Well, to Oh no, the Thin Man is um, a a like a. <laughs> Yeah, basically, like well, the, crazy the, alcoholic, like, but like super charming, ritzy couple uh-huh. who solve mysteries. Okay, but I love the idea that the, them doing the ghost. Yeah. Okay, but that's kind of like my thing. Just like I, I love those little touches like that because I think in the fiction that I originally fell in love with, kind of did things with that, like that awesome twentieth century thing where sure. they didn't they didn't mind confusing people for a little bit. And not making things clear, which is mm-hmm. unfortunately something you don't get nowadays. And it makes it makes speed reading very difficult. <laughs> Take that speed reader. Yeah. I had to read this slowly. And I read yeah. it at that guy's pace because yeah, that, I, had the, I had that voice stuck in my head the whole time reading this. Yeah. Like I couldn't that... I find it interesting really, like like the, the like I I don't know what it's like to read the way you read. As I'm sure you don't know what it's like to read the way I read. No, I, I used to read like how you read. I used to read like like Stephen King books at that kind of pace, mm-hmm. where like you're almost reading as like a challenge to just kind of be like like how fast can I just like pick up information whatnot. Mm-hmm. I mean, do my wrong. This I'm just hurts my eyes doing that. Also, I came up to the N word. Uh, <laughs> Smooth. <laughs> and um, mm-hmm. so like I, I've done that before. Then fucking it's... read faster for our show. No, because I when I the thing I like about reading is not mm-hmm. just absorbing the story as fast as I can. It is I, I appreciate the writing. Like mm-hmm. that's 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 
honestly, that's that's what I enjoy about reading. I have to appreciate the writing. If I don't appreciate the writing, then I really have to appreciate like the characters and story. Interesting. But like primarily, it's the writing because if I want to appreciate characters and stories, I could always watch a movie. Hmm. Um, which is always kind of bummer. Like Sansa Lambs, you don't have to read the novel Sansa Lambs. You could Rams. Sansa Lambs. Uh, you can just see the the, 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 the parody Bowl? movie. The parody movie Sansa the Rams. Or the Super Bowl. Oh, Super Bowl. Yeah, there you go. So like that's so that's what I that's what I appreciate about this. Where like I'm I would love to see the film adaptation of this because I'm sure that's mm-hmm. really cool. I'm interested how to do something because like it's all dialogue anyway to do this, but like make it dynamic looking. Mm-hmm. Like that seems so interesting. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Let's just curiosity yeah. to me because you are the most ADD person I know. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. All right, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, let's stop talking about uh, Friends of Nicole. Gabriel. Fuck this shit. You have the next book that we're going to read. I do. I do. Go on, Gabriel. Lay it on us. What are we going to read next week while we're still taking a break, I sh- we should say, from uh, the Strand 80 list? Yeah. Yeah, because um, yeah, we need time to read East of Eden. Yes. So it was, uh, as I mentioned before, it was a bit of a trial trying to find a book that was short. And something I was I was I am not trying to find something you'll hate because nah. that that would just be a bummer. Um, and I wanted it to be either a woman or a person of color. Mm-hmm. And I, well, it was really like a slog. Um, but I managed to find. Don't one... you lay this on me? Well, it's not <laughs> how your, dare you? Your fault. I want to pick up something that you're not going to hate. So it's yeah. been so it's hard. It's been and really it's like, difficult. What? Just don't pick it's up a melodrama. So That's hard. the only thing that I don't uh... like. Look at you over there being like, but I love... You don't love put people. my taste into consideration, I fuck. love people reading. You don't care awesome. about what I like to read. Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> well, to be honest, I thought you would like this. Um, I don't dislike it. It's just not my thing. I thought you would like it more. Well, I didn't. I, yeah. It wasn't my thing. Um, So I decided to go with a book that I really, really like, but I never finished because I think I just got distracted. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was reading it for leisure and we have this show to do. But, um, yeah, it's always hard to do that, huh? Yeah. It is uh, Everything I Never Told You. By Celeste Ang. Celeste Ang, who wrote uh, Little Fireflies. Which Little is, Fires Everywhere. Little Fires Everywhere, that's what it was. Yes. Which has been like a, a, a very popular book for the last like couple of years or so. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and Everything Never Told You is debut about... Novel? Huh? Is that her debut novel? Yeah. Okay. It is about a um, teenage daughter in a half-Asian, half-white family mm-hmm. who is... Well, found dead at the begin- beginning of the book. And we go, it's melodrama, by the way. And it go basically into each of the strands of the family and how they react to the death. Okay. I never finished the book. I know how it ends because I couldn't help myself. I, I'm, I, I really eat it. Huh? You wiki the ending. I wiki the end. Oh no! Because I had to put the book down. And I think I have to return to the library or something. <laughs> but uh, um, I'm almost done with my copy. I'll pass it on to you. Okay. And we'll be doing that book because she's both a woman and a person of color. Oh my god! Diversity. It's like it's like it, it, it's like we're patting ourselves on the back for being so progressive. Yeah. Yeah. Besides the fact that we did like three novels in a row that weren't very kind to women. This yeah. Hobbit and uh, uh, what was the other one? There was another one we did. What was like the last book we did? Dorian Gray. Dorian Gray. Yeah. 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 Not kind of woman. Yeah. All of them weren't. Well, two of them were kind of like unflattering depictions of women, or had very few women in them. Hobbit just had no women. Yeah. Hobbit. We uh, should. We, we're, try, we're trying to read more women. And also, two of those were the Strand 80s fault. That's very true. <laughs> don't don't worry. They made mm-hmm. up by putting Harry Potter on there five times. Yeah. Anyway. I was tempted to do an Agatha Christie book or also um, uh, In a Lonely Place, which I have the movie of, but I also couldn't find copies. That's not true. Well, I, I feel like uh, probably um, Murder of the Express is probably on the Strand 80. I don't think it is. I think so. 
I feel like there was a negative diversity book. Huh? I don't think he sucks. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, uh, well, I, what are the other what are the other big Agatha Christie novels? Um, um, and then there were none. And then there were none. Uh, Which I three saw Blind the, Mice. Three Blind Mice. I actually don't know what that one is. Um, <laughs> Blaine Prince. Hmm. Uh, uh, I've seen the film adaptation of And Then There Were None called Sabotage, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. There is an outstanding BBC production of And Then There Were None, um, starring uh, Tywin Lannister. Uh, Tywin, Charles Dance? Yeah, Charles Dance okay. and Paul Dark. I'm not going to look that up right now. It's impossible. And Bern Gorman. Uh, ben Gorman. Oh, Ben Burn Gorman. Gorman. Who Burn. I keep forgetting about. Yeah, he's a he's a weird looking guy. He was on Game of Thrones too. Yeah. Um, he was in Torchwood when that show was terrible. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that first season's shit. All right. So next week we're gonna again taking a small, t- still taking like another week break from Strand Eighty. Yeah. We're gonna do uh, what's it called again? I already forgot. Everything I Never Told You. Everything I Never Told You, uh, by Celeste Ng. Yep. And uh, and for now we're gonna do plugs. Gabriel, plug. Um, ladies and gentlemen, please um, plug, check plug, out the link plug, down plug, below. Plug, plug, um, April plug, is plug, when plug, the Donor Dash Five K is happening. Where um, rest in peace, Ryan Snyder, his um, sister, his mom, and his cousin are running a five K to raise money for um organ donation. Um, Ryan was an organ donor receiver, mm-hmm. and uh, he is a big supporter of it all. So please check that out. This is the link will be down below. Um, donate some money to that. And if you want, check out the back catalog of Sex and Violence, the podcast I did with Ryan Snyder, Magnificent mm-hmm. Bastard he was, where he talked about sexy and grody and violent films. Um, we'll be making stickers very soon for you to get these things, to get, you know, for our show. Uh, if you review the show and DM me, at baby underscore underscore Mara, I will send you a free sticker. Just just fucking do it, dude. Oh, nice. So give us some reviews and some stars. And similarly, if you rate and review Somerly. our show uh, and you DM me, I meant that I meant our, I meant this show, not uh, Sex and Violence. Why would there no you don't need to review that anymore? I don't get it. Well, you can if you want. If you can, if yeah, you that's want cool. To. Whatever. Uh, but you, hey, we maybe get a sticker for that too. Um, but anyway, if you re- if you DM me, I'll just tell you who is this. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, show me their body go as ahead. long as you're of age you can follow me on twitter at not Gaunt radio and also uh, slow readers on instagram uh you can buy my fiction on amazon or the name daniel gonzalez or d gonzalez gonzalez mm. uh, you can buy like uh, all those books right now the shadow from the deep uh, and also the first four stories in a cook in the kingdom uh and also i feel like there's another thing i usually plug i have nothing else to plug i think, mm, I think so. yeah that's all of them i don't mm-hmm. need to plug anything else fuck it uh, anyway so that's it we're at the end of the show. Cool. Uh, we have no usual sign-off, and I keep forgetting this every time. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yes. Cool. Excelsior. See ya. I guess. I don't Chips know. of wood. This has been a Top Count Radio production, executive produced by Daniel Gonzalez and Gabriel Mara. For more shows and information, go to topcountradio.com. <laughs> <laughs>